Moed Katan, Dav Chafret, Amar Sechet, has been dedicated by our good friend, Mr. Martin Rani, before I share the Maharab, Betzal El Ben Mazal Tov. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chavzayin. I'm with Bet Bottom Line, and we are starting from Velo Shel Nashim Leolam Mepnei Kavod. So we said we never leave the uh, the coffin of a lady in public because of Kavod. We said the Kavod is because sometimes they need out, sometimes they're bleeding, and therefore it's not Kavod to leave her in such a such a state. So the Gemara now will. Make conditions on this. Amri Nehardei, the rabbis of Nehardei said, "Lo shanu ela hayat." It was only talking about a lady that had just given birth. If she just gives birth, then there's blood, and therefore there's a concern that it's not going to be kavod for her. But when it comes to other ladies, there's no problem uh, to set them down in the public. Even other ladies, not ladies that were necessarily pregnant or gave birth. But even regular ladies, we don't leave them in public. As it says, "Vatamot sham Miriam, vatikaber sham." It says, "Vatamot sham Miriam, vatikaber sham." That she died there and she was buried there, implying that when she died, they buried her right away. They didn't leave her body in public, even though we know Miriam didn't give birth the year that she died. So therefore, you see that even Sha'an Nashim, it's not kavod to uh, to leave them in. In public, how did Miriam die? There's different types of death. One type of death is called mitat neshika, which is a very easy and pleasurable death. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon also died mitat neshika. The only difference is by Moshe it says that it was a mitat neshika. By Aharon it does. By by Miriam it doesn't. So the Gemara says, how do you know that she died mitat neshika? Which they would say um, in uh, in the vernacular, the kiss of death. That's mitat uh, neshika. Atya sham sham mimoshe. So we have sham sham mimoshe. No coincidence that uh, I think today Zayin Adar. So you have over here a mention of the mitah of Moshe in the Gemara. Couldn't get it better. And it's a big big machlokin if it's Adar Yishon or Adar Bet. That's not uh, so pashut exactly which day you commemorate when it comes to the day of the Pesach of Moshe. And you have over here. The death of Moshe Bimitat Neshika, it's incredible, but it's even going to get better. So again, it says by, by, by Moshe Sham, and it says by Miriam Sham, and we know Moshe was Mitat Neshika, so Aaron. So why doesn't it say Bifirush? It's kissed Miriam, Mitat Neshika, for to a lady, so therefore not... Uh, not um, not such a nice thing. Amar bi ami lama nusbicha mitat Miriam leparashat paraduma. So there's a juxtaposition in the Torah itself when it talks about the mitat Miriam. It mentions right next to it paraduma. There must be a connection between the two. Lamar lecha ma paraduma mechaper. Just like paraduma is atones. What is it atoned for? The paraduma Tosfot says heta egel. Like it says, let the uh, mother come and clean up the mess of the of the child. So just like paradumas mechaper on cheta egel, So the death of the tzaddikim also has an a element of kapara, kapara on the door, kapara on the generation. Amar Abil Azar. Here's another connection between this week. It's perasha. mitat aharon kehuna. That when aharon passed away, so it says that they. Uh, uh, they, it, it mentions that uh, that Moshe Rabbeinu took off uh, his uh, his begadim. 
before Aharon died. So it's mentioning about the Begadim of Aharon, Samuk to his death. Again, no mention to Parashat Tetzaveh, although our parasha is the parasha of the Begadim. So the Gemara says, why when Aharon died, does it say right before he died that he took off his Begadim to come and teach us a lesson? The Gemara says that uh, the Begadim of the uh, Kohanim, as we learned in Gemara in uh, Zevachim, each one of the Begadim has an element of Kapara. We learned in Hoshin uh, Mishpat as Mechaper on Ivutadin, the perversion of justice, and the Me'il is Mechaper on Lashon Hara, and the Tzitz is Mechaper on Gavhutalev, on arrogance. So each one of the Begadim has an element of Kapara. Not only what the Kohen does is Mechaper, but what the Kohen wears uh, is Mechaper. That could be, that's what it means in this week's Perasha, Lechabod Ultifaret. It says, Ve'asita uh, Begdeh the glory of Israel. It's the glory of Israel that when the Quran is wearing his begadim, it glorifies us. The because those begadim ultimately have a element of kapara. Now we go into different type of deaths. Met pitom. If God forbid, there's a we call that a sudden death. Zui mita That's referred to in the Gemara as a mita hatufa, an abrupt death. Hala yom mehadumet. If a person got sick for one day and then he died, zui mita dehufa. Dehufa means a, a fast death. Rabbi uh, Hananya. Now, I mean, Tosfot doesn't really understand what is the difference. Tosfot in hatufa and dehufa says lo yadana ma'ishena hu uminale. First of all, what's What's the difference and where does he get it from? The Gemara doesn't prove these concepts. The Gemara is just saying it. Rabbi Hananiah ben Gamliel Omer, Zuhi mitat magefa. That's a word that's been used uh, uh, a lot. The Gemara is saying, Omer, the God forbid, if a person got sick for one day and then he died. That's considered dying of plague. Shne'emar ben Adam. This is the f- <laughs> Finally, we're getting to the story of Yehazkel. The whole Gemara in the Masechet is referring to how Yehazkel lost his wife, but he didn't mourn for her. And we learn all the laws of mourning for what Yehazkel didn't do. And now we get to the Pasuk. It says, Ben Adam, God's talking to Yehazkel. I'm going to take the, uh, the beloved one in your eyes in a plague. And what, what happened? She died, his wife. But when? She died the next day. God spoke to him in the day, and that night, which is the next day. So therefore, that's an indication that what? That one day is Magifah. The Pasuk says she died as a result of Magifah. So therefore you see that if a person is sick and then dies subsequently in one day, that is considered Mitat Magifah. If the person was sick, let's say, for two days, that's considered a, you know, a fast death. Shiloshah, three days and then dying, that's called ge'arah, it's like a rebuke. Arba'ah, four days and then dies, that's called nizifah, God's like a scorning him, it says, hamishah, zuimitat koladah. But five days, okay, that's considered, you know, a natural, normal death. The person's sick and then he dies for five, five days later, that's considered, let's say, you know, nothing, uh, you know, God's angry necessarily or something like that. It's a normal death. Amad Rabbi Hanin, how do we know that? Me'ekera. Here we go again, by Moshe Rabbeinu. Before he died, what does God say? Hen karevu yamecha 
למות. So the Gemara is Doresh, each one of these words. Hen, had. The word hen is one. As we're going to see in Greek, the word hen means one. Sometimes that doesn't mean that the Torah is using a Greek word. It's probably that the uh, Greeks took a Hebrew word and used it for their, uh, for their, uh, for their language. Anyway, karebu, karebu is plural. Your days are coming close. Karebu is two. So now we have three. Hen is one. Karebu is two. Today, yamecha is another two. So hen, karebu, yamecha. One plus two plus two. Tare, ha, hamisha. And the Gemara says, and what? And Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously we know he died a natural death. He didn't die a death of punishment. And therefore God uh, gave him uh, uh, five days. So therefore you see that uh, that must be a normal death. How do you know hen is one? Hen, had, shekin bersun yevani, korin le'achat, hen. So that's... Uh, that's that reason that they call it uh, fine. So the fact that he told him he has five days to live, so that already indicates that um, that's not considered a sudden death of Moshe, and therefore five days is considered normal. Met b'hamishim shana. And the Gemara says over here, if somebody dies, now the Gemara is going to say at the age of 50. So that's considered mitat karet. That's considered a punishment. We're referring when the Torah says his days will be cut. Hamishim ushtayim shana. 52 years, that's not considered karet. That's considered like the death of Shimon al-Ramati that clearly did not die because of karet. God took his life in order that he shouldn't see the, um, the uh, demise of uh, Shaul. So therefore, 52 is an exception. 50 karet. Ultimately, the Gemara is going to say 50 to 59 is karet. But we didn't, we're not going to say that yet. But now we're saying 50 is karet, meaning bidiyuk 50. And then 52 is not. It's called the mitav shemar ramati. Shishim, if somebody dies at the age of 60, zui mitav bideshamayim. Now, mitav bideshamayim is not as severe as karet, but it is a, a death of punishment. It is a death of retribution. Amar morzutra me'ekera dikhtib. How do we know that 60 is considered a mitav bideshamayim? Tavo bekelah ele kever. That you will go to the grave at a mature age. And where the word mature over here is bekelach. And bekelach begematriyah shitim havu. So the word bekelach over here, if you take the numerical value of it, equals uh, 60. Now, from here, it doesn't sound like it's a punished, a punished death. It sounds like you die at a mature age. That does not, so therefore, some want to learn that when it said mitabi deshamai, it means a natural death. Mitabi, not a punished, punished death. And some don't even have the Gritzah mitah b'deshamayim at all. Some have the Gritzah, it's a normal mitah, mitah regila. Because the proof that they're bringing does not show us that it's a punishable death. It just shows us that if a person lives a long life, or a mature life, we'll call it, it's 60. So therefore, it's quite possible that uh, from the proof you see what it really meant when it said mitah b'deshamayim. So that's... Uh, that's that. Some have the girsah. Some have the girsah. Sorry, give me a minute. Some have the girsah that says zui mitat kol adam, and that's Ben Ohananel as well. So if you have that girsah, it would make sense. Uh, the proof is a little better. Shivim, that's what you're going to say, right? Where are you quoting from? Yes. Yes. Uh, there's the hagahot in the bottom here. Very good. Very good. Very good. Shivim uh, Seba. Now, 70 is considered old age, and Shimonim is already considered 
givurot. He is strong. He reached the eighty. It's power. Dichtiv, uh, like it says, we say it on Shabbat. Normal life for man, let's say, is seventy years. The imigburot, if a guy reaches the level of givurot, that already was shemonim shana. Amar abam hamishim va'ad shishim shana zoi mitat karet. Now the gemara goes back. Actually, from fifty to sixty is considered mitat karet. It's not uh, to the exclusion of fifty-two. So therefore, it's 50 to 59 is considered karet minus 52. 60 will be mita either mita vide shamayim or mitat kol adam. Tosfot is looking, um, you know, how do you know that? The brothers improve that 50 is karet. Uh, so some, some want to learn it from uh, the Leviim. It says, al takhritu shebeta kehati. Right? It says, we don't want the shebeta kehati to be uh, destroyed. And what's the Shevet Kati? Ba'abodatam ad hamishim. And we know that the Leviim work until they're 50. Dekhtim ibn hamishim shana yeshu mitzvah ha'avodah. And it says, al-takhritu. We don't want them to do things that will cause them to get karet. And they work till 50. So there's a name is that karet is at 50. Some say, some Tosfot then says, ve'od, a normal life we just said is what? 70. But you don't get punished for the first 20 years. So therefore... So he left with 50. So therefore, the, the 50 years are the, uh, are the nyan of the karet. So 70 minus 20. So why didn't it say it earlier? Which means above it said, It sounds like only 50. Now you're telling me really 50 to 60. Because if it would have said 50 to 60, then it would have been uh, disparaging to Shemuel because he died at 52. So they, they didn't want to, they didn't want to, you know, uh, impinge, uh, impine on uh, Shemuel. So therefore, they said 50, but really it's 50 to 50, uh, 50 to 60. But again, out of the Kavod of Shemuel, who died at 52, they didn't say anything. Uh, so now, uh, the Gemara says, Rav Yosef ki avad bar shitin, when Rav Yosef was 60 years old, avad lehu yomatel nabanan, he made a party for the hakamim. Amar, he said, naf kali mekaret. That's it. I passed karet. You know, he made it to, to 60. He's done with karet, because 15 is 50 to 59. 60th birthday is done. So the Gebra said, Amar le'abaye, ni'id nafik le'emor mekaret deshne. It's true. You have, uh, you know, you left the range of karet of years. However, we learned earlier that there's still sudden death is still a karet. So therefore, you didn't get rid of, you know, of the sudden death of days. What are you making a party for? So he said, Okay, listen, I'm out of the woods, in, at least in one karet, so therefore it's worth it to, to make a party. You know, so I'm, still, uh, I'm still happy. Ravuna had a sudden death. Havu the rabbis were very worried. Hasbe Shalom is Ravuna getting karet. Tana lehuzuga demehadayab. There was a pair of rabbis from the place of called Hadayab, and they said, "Now when do we say mitat pitom a sudden death is considered karet? Lo shanu ela If the guy didn't reach eighty years old." which means the person has to die eventually. So therefore, at 80 years old, already reached Giburot, then already 
if he dies a, a, a sudden death, that's called mitat neshika. But she ain't can if he dies before that. So if we have a lot of uh, we have we have a lot of a uh, lot of rules over here. So it's fifty to fifty nine is karet minus fifty two. Uh, sudden death will be uh, up until the age of uh, seventy nine. That means sudden death will be one uh, one uh, you know death, death in one day. That will be a karet. Death in uh, uh, that that after one day uh, will be uh, after one sick will be considered magefa, and then you have the rest of the you know, two days, three days, whatever, whatever they go. But five days is considered a natural death. Famous Gemara, life, how long a person is going to live, bene, how many children is going to have, and mezone, how much panasa is going to make, lo biskuta talia milta. That's really not dependent on merit about the mazala talia milta. So there is a concept called mazal, depending when he was born. And therefore, you know, all depends on uh, the guy's mazal. I we learned the Masechet Shabbat and mazal Yisrael. There's no mazal Yisrael, which means that Bnei Yisrael's mazal is not fixed; it can change. Like those four Torahs over there in Shabbat, either through Zichud Kedola or through uh, Tefila. But again, these things are based on uh, you know things of, of the, based on when he was born, and not necessarily on uh, you know merit. I'm going to give you a story. I'll show you two tzaddikim, the Gemara will say. One had a very prosperous life, and one had a very difficult life. And no, no, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, difference in the level of righteousness. So it cannot be the righteousness that did it. It must be that we're just born under a different, uh, you know, mazal, as we call it. They had Chizda, two great rabbis, there were two rabbis that were clearly righteous. To show you, both of them, when they prayed for rain, they were answered. So they had the koah of tefillah. However, Rav Chazda lived the ripe old age of 92, and Rabba Chaya 40, and Rabba only lived to 40 years old. Rav Chazda, in his lifetime, made 60 weddings between his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. Ki, I'm sorry, And in Abba's household, they had 60 uh, misfortunes happen. Tosfot says 60 is lavdavka. It's just like a, a number that we use to say a lot. Uh, they were able to feed fine flour to the dogs, and they didn't need it. Because the dogs didn't even eat it because there was so, so much other food that they didn't even eat the fine flour that they were being given. But in the house of Rabbah, they were so poor that they would feed the people uh, uh, barley bread, and there wasn't enough to go around. So you see, in all three things, Rav Chazda was blessed in Hayyeh, he lived a long life, Bene, you see how many weddings he made, and Mizoneh, you see how much food he had. And you see that Rav Chazda, uh, or Rabat, was lacking in long life, because he only lived to 40. He didn't have, you know, the children, obviously, because he says he had a lot of bereavement. And what? He didn't have uh, uh, food. So you see what? It's nothing to do with Zichut. They both had Zichuyot. Here, let's tell you on the Mazal. The Gemara says, "Ve'amar Rabbah." This is Rabbah with an Aleph. Hani tlat mile 
There's three things that I actually prayed for to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hada lo yahibli. One they didn't give me, so I got two out of three. What did he pray for? Hochmate de Ravuna. He prayed that should have the wisdom of Ravuna, the Utre de Rav Hezda, and the wealth of Rav Hezda, the Avuli. And I got it. And Vetenute de Ravavavavavuna, lo Yavuli. But I prayed to have the humility of Ravavavavuna, and that I didn't get. Well, it's possible that that's his humility, and he really did get it. But the point is over here that. All the Mepharshim ask, how could you pray to be humble? What happened to the famous rule of, and you can't pray to be religious. It's up to the person's free will. And the explanation is that what the tzaddikim pray for is for si'atad shmaya that they'll be able to do it. Which is, of course, they make the effort to, to try. But they know that even a person's effort is not going to be blessed unless they get si'atad shmaya. So that's what he was praying for. That he'll work on it and with Borealam's help. But seems that he didn't even, that, that part he didn't get. Rab Se'urim it's the name of the rabbi. Ahu de Rabah Haba, Yatif Kameh Rabah. So he was the brother of Rabah. He was sitting in front of Rabah. Hajyeh So he saw that Rabah was falling asleep but this was like falling asleep into death. He was about to die. So Amar Le, so Rabah tells uh, his brother, Le Malay Mor de Lolet Please do me a favor, speak to the Malach Mavit, the angel of death, and tell him not to hurt me. So Amar Le, so uh, he tells his brother, My love, Amor, love Shush Binehu, you're his friend. What are you talking about? You tell him yourself. Which means the Tzaddikim, they had an interaction with the Malach Mavit. He said, What do you need me to inter- intercede for you? You yourself is a, a friend. So Amar Le, Kevan de Imsar, Mazalan lo Eshkahpi. Once already, I'm delivered into his hands. That's it. I don't have a mazal now to, to talk to. Now he, he's got me. So therefore I need somebody else to intercede. So Amar So he told him, Let li mor. Please come to me in a dream and appear to me after your death and let me know if it worked. Meaning he's saying, I'll intercede for you, but I want to know if, uh, you know, how, how to work out. Anyway, he says, He came to him in a dream after he passed away and Amar and uh, he asked him, Havelele mozara? Did you have any pain at the time of death? Not so much. It's like the, uh, the needle that the blood letter uh, puts in the person's arm to take the blood. Uh, not so much. A pinch wasn't that much. Rabah was sitting in front of Rav Nachman. Similar story. And he saw also that he was dozing or, you know, into death. Amar le, same story, Rabbi Nachman tells him, le ma le mo, de lo le tsa'aran. You know, tell the malach ha'mavit not to cause me any uh, pain. So Amar le, mor lav adam hashuvu, which means uh, you, you're, you're a hashuv person. You can speak to the uh, malach ha'mavit yourself. Amar le, man hashiv, man safin, man rakia. He said, man safin, man hashiv is who is important. Man safin, who is awesome the way they explain it, Manakia, who is elevated or exalted before the angel of death, which means nobody's hashuv. In front of the angel of death, who's exalted, who's elevated, who's high? Nobody is. Amarle. So he's okay, I'll intercede for you. So he says, Same story, come to me in a dream after to tell me how you fared. So the man came to him and he tells him, Amarle. Rabbi asks him, Havale mor sa'ra? Did you have any pain? Amalek, Mishal, Binita, Mechalba. Unbelievable. 
like taking a piece of hair out of a cup of milk. <coughs> Painless death. Baruch Hu, but he did add that if a Kadosh Baruch Hu would have told me, Zil Alma Kadavet, that you can go back to this world if you want, get a, some more life like you were, and then, then you have to die again, because I won't go through this again. Lo ba'ina, denafish be'itute, scary. So even though it was painless, scary to be confronted by the Malachamavet, if they gave me a chance to come back, I'm not coming back. This is like an experience he only wanted to do once. He doesn't want to have to experience the death twice. Kind of scary. Rabbi Al-Azhar, amazing stories of the tzaddikim over here. The rabbi Al-Azhar was eating turuma. Okay, obviously he was a kohen. Who shows up as he's eating the turuma? Itchazele, the Malachamavet. What did it take him? So what does Rabbi Al-Azhar tell the Malachamavet? Amar leh. So what are you talking about? What are you doing over here? I'm eating Tiruma. Don't you know Tiruma is Kodesh? If you're going to take me now, you're going to be the Tiruma because I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be touching Tiruma. Get out of here. What are you doing over here? So he scared him away. That's it. Listen to him. Time passed and kept on living. So that, that's, a, that's a new single lap for Kwanim. We always said, if you're learning Torah, the Malachim Avi can't get you. Now just keep on eating Tiruma all day long. And, uh, I guess you have to be on the level of Rabbi El Hazar to, to scare him away. It's un, unreal. It's hard to imagine. The Malachim Avi is the most feared entity in the world. And these rabbis are even more, they're scaring the, the Malachim Avi. It's really hard to fathom. Rav Sheshat, it So again, Rav Sheshat, it One time, the Malachim saw Rav Sheshat in the shuk, and he wanted to take him in the middle of the marketplace. So Amar so Rav Sheshat tells him, Meshuka kabehema. So what about an animal? You're going to kill me in the marketplace over here? What is over here? Where's Derecheres? So he says, Ite. Uh, uh, let me go home first. Let me die in my bed. Okay, Malachamavi gave him a courtesy. Fine. Now, Rav Shishat was blind. But nonetheless, he was able to see an angel. You know, the angels obviously uh, revealed him. Rav Asher, it Same story. Uh, Rav Shishat, one time, of Rav Asher, I'm sorry. The Malachamavi appeared to him in the marketplace. Amar So Rav Asher's unbelievable story. He tells him, listen, I need 30 days. Give me 30 days. I'm negotiating with him. Why? I got to review all shas. I got to give me 30 days to review all my learning. Why? Don't you know what they say? Fortunate is the person that comes up here that he has the Talmud on his, his fingertips, like we would say. On his fingertips. So therefore, I need time to, to make Hazara. We would need you know, a lifetime to make Hazara, what we learned. But he only needs 30 days. Fine. So it says, ata. So on the 30th day, Manach showed up, he gave him a deferment. So Ammar uh, Leh, so Rabbi Asher tells him, you know, So what are you rushing? What are you, he came back on the 30th day? Leave me alone. What, 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 what's the rush? So he says, listen, you're, you're, uh, you're pushing away Barnatan's uh, time, which means the rabbi uh, is supposed to now become uh, the uh, the Rosh Hashiva. And uh, therefore, you know, his time is there. So you cannot delay 
when somebody else's time is to become the Rosh Hashiva, it's his time. So therefore, we have to take you out. We know that when one king's time comes to rule, so the other king has to, you know, move out of the way, so the other king uh, comes into the uh, position. So therefore, we have no choice. It says, we gave you 30 days, but now already you're encroaching on somebody else's moment, and therefore, he pushed him away, and therefore, he had him. I saw once Shalom that he said, what does it mean? He says, it's referring to somebody that writes notes. In his hand, because he's always writing uh, notes over there. He says, you don't have to remember it. As long as you come with your notebooks and your pads, you say, look, I wrote it all down. It's all documented. He said, because when somebody writes something, it's much clearer than if he doesn't. Because you, you, can't, you can't fake it when you're writing it. You know, and when, when you, It's in your brain, you don't verbalize it yet. You think you understand it, but when you put it to the paper, it's like, wait, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't work out. So therefore, it's a clarity of uh, thought when you write it. So, Talmudo Biyado, that you, was, you, you turn the knowledge of your brain and you put it down to the, to the hand, to the paper. And this that Avchidah said in the Mishnah Pirkei Avot, Lecha Haver. And he said, Vekane Lecha Haver. Vekane, the quill should be your friend. You should always have a pen handy, Vekane, and write the, the write in the Torah. So the Gemara continues, I'm sorry, Okay, really couldn't approach him. He didn't stop learning. So therefore, we know that a person is learning. So he couldn't get him. So the Malach went and sat on a cedar tree, you know, right above the Bet Midrash. He was waiting for him. He's lurking in the tree. What happened? So the Malachah Mavit split the tree. So when the Chazda heard the crack of the tree, what happened? He, he was silent for one second. Boom. Malachah Mavit got him exactly at that second that he stopped. This is amazing. The Malachah Mavit couldn't get him. So he had to use a, like a trick in order to get Rav So what did he do? Yomachad edmele ke'anya. So he shows up to Rav house like an ani. You know, he wants to get in. So they're not going to let him in as the Malach So he dressed up like an ani. And ata, tarif ababa, he knocked on the door. You know, sedaka, amar le. So Rav uh, uh, he said, apik li riftad, Malach says, bring me some bread. So apik they didn't know he's a Malach the people of Rav house, they brought him out some bread. So, so now all of a sudden, he tells Rav Chiyah, you definitely have mercy on poor people, don't you? So why don't you have mercy on me? I mean, let, let, let me get you. I mean, just, like, just like you have mercy on the uh, Aniim, why don't you have mercy on uh, the Malach HaMavid? Which means, listen, I have an order to take you. So let me do my job. Leave me alone. I, I, I'm, I'm just working for, for, for the orders in heaven. Therefore, you know, don't, don't make me, don't make it difficult on me. Just like you have mercy on the Ani. Have mercy on me. He says, uh, So it says, the Malach revealed himself to the Fiyah, And uh, he showed him this rod of fire. I'm sealing Afshir, and the Fayyah surrendered, and therefore he, he gave him his life. Okay, that's the, the death of the Sadiqim. Okay, then we move to the Amud Bet. 
we get to the final uh, final lap over here of the Masechet, and we get to the uh, Mishnah. And the Mishnah over here is going to discuss different types of uh, items that they used to do with the funerals. We don't really do these things today. Uh, they make a eulogy, and that's about it. But in the olden days, there were different forms of showing grief for the metim. And some of them are more severe than others. And therefore, regarding, let's say, holidays, certain things are going to be permissible because they're mild forms of uh, showing grief. And some are going to be forbidden because they are severe uh, forms. The Mishnah is going to use the example of ladies. Of course, the ladies usually were the ones that did it, but it's no different between ladies and men. It's just that the was common for the ladies to, to mourn this way. So let's start. Nashim b'mo'ed me'anot. So on Cholamu'ed, the ladies are allowed to do the type of uh, um, eulogies or type of uh, uh, bereaving called me'anot. Now we'll wait for the Gemara to explain us each one of these types. Aval lo metapechot, but they can't clap. They would bang their hands on each other. You can't do that. That's too severe. Now, Rabbi Ishmael says, Omer, has He makes a distinction that it's true. I agree with Tanakhama that they cannot clap, but I argue on him because I hold if they're close to the coffin, the ones that are close are able to clap. Tanakhama says, doesn't matter where you are. Clapping is forbidden on Cholamu'ed. Which is obviously less severe than Cholamu'ed. It's Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, and Puri, Me'anot, the ladies can do the, the Me'anot system of bereaving, and Metapechot. However, Beze Ubeze, Lo Mekonenot. But not on Cholamu'el, not on these other holidays, can they do the system of Mekonenot, which is literally lamentations. Nikbara Met. Now, once they bury the Met, finish. Lo Me'anot, Velo Metapechot. So even on Hanukkah, Puri, Menoshchodesh, it's only before the burial. But after the burial, no Me'anot, Velo Metapechot. Now the Mishnah will ask, Ezehu Inui. What is Inui? So the Bible says, Shikulan Onot Kahat. They chant together. It's like a, you know, like a choir. Kina, how does Kina work? What's that system? So Kina works, Shehat Medaber Vikulan Onot Ahadeha. That one, you know, says a line and then they answer. And uh, it says, Velamedna Benotechem Nehi, Vishareuta Kina. You see, when it mentions kinan, the pasuk it says isha reuta, one lady to a friend. So you need two people to do kinan. One lady says something, and the other ones answer. Uh, but we have good news, Rabotai. None of this is going to apply. It says in the pasuk, the angel of death is going to be swallowed up, and as a result of and God Himself is going to <coughs> erase the tears me'al. Call panim, and therefore this whole system of crying is going to be removed. Now the Gemara comes along and says, <coughs> "You're saying over here in the beginning in the Mishnah we said me'anot nashim b'moed me'anot that they make some type of uh, you know uh, screaming out." So the Gemara says, "My amran, what do they say? These people, what, what, what is this? What's the uh, verbiage of this type of uh, mourning?" Amarav. Woe to the, to the journey, woe to the security. What does it mean? Over here, they would say, now this person has a long journey, not a difficult road from Olam HaZeh, now has got to go up to the, to the courts. And woe now that they have to return what they received as a security. What's the, what they received as a security? 
the neshama, which means collateral. Therefore, woe to the collateral that was taken away. And now, <coughs> they have to make the journey to the upstairs, to the bedin, and that's the way they would, um, that's the way they would uh, mention it. Okay. Amar neshed shiknitziv. Sees these ladies of this place called shiknitziv were very bright. They were very clever in the things they used to say at the funeral. So the Gemara is going to quote certain uh, things that these ladies would say. Amri hachi. They would say, Amran hachi. They would say the following. Vay le'azla, vay le'habila. Woe to the journey and woe to the collateral that is now have to be given back, meaning the return of the neshama. Amar avan, shidish nesiv amran. Gud garma mekacha benimte maya le'intichi. Which literally means... Uh, good, good is the cut, the bone from the tooth, and put the water back in the kettle. Let's explain this over here. Normally, when a person drinks, you pour the water from the, to, to the, from the kettle, and then the person opens his mouth and drinks. Here he's giving a reverse situation. I'll put rewind on that video, and you'd see the person who drank already open his mouth, separate the tooth from the bone, which means the jawbone, open the mouth, and put the water from the mouth back into the kettle. Which means that's a way of saying it, it's a reverse of life, which is returning the soul back. Which is, when a person is born, it's in the right order. The Shabbat comes out, his body, that's like pouring water into the kettle, and then drinking, pouring water from the kettle and drinking. Now it's a reverse situation, where open the mouth, and put the water back into the kettle. It's like you're putting rewind on the, on, the, uh, on, the, on the program over here. And therefore, it's a reverse. That's a sign of that he's going backwards. He's going back to where he was. He's going back to his origins. So the water is going back. Let's give the mashallah. Say the water is the neshama. The water is going back to the kettle, which is the origin, which is its, uh, let's say, the kisakim or something like that. Ve'amar neshid amran, atuf ve'chasu ture debar rameh saying they would talk to the mountains you mountains cover yourselves cover yourselves in, uh, in mourning why? because the person that passed away he was a man of uh, high distinction and a man of greatness as if to say the mountain should mourn now let, let, maybe like, like the clouds cover the mountain just like we learned that there's a itufarosh in Avelut, that there's a covering of the of the face of the Avel. So even the mountains over here that are great, which represent the greatness of the person that passed away, they should cover themselves as well <clears throat> as a sign of uh, as a sign of mourning. Okay. Uh, right. Let's continue. Amaraba. Uh, they would say uh, that the um, the coffin is a robe of fine silk to a free man whose provisions are depleted. Death is, you know, nice in what sense? shil milat. It's like a malbush. I mean, like like fine silk. So how is he explaining over here? So shiul is the coffin itself. 
or the lid of the coffin, let's say. And I guess they're explaining it over here that uh, he says here, death was welcome to this one affluent person who became so poor that he lacked food to eat. Uh, so I guess, uh, right, if a person lost his money, so then uh, death is a berachah So when this guy died, so you know what? Especially if I was rich and lost his money. But I was saying, that a, a coffin, in this case, is like fine silk to a wealthy man that now ran out of provisions. So therefore, in this case, you say, you know, like they would say at the funeral, he's out of his misery, he's not suffering anymore. That's, uh, that's what they would say in a nice, uh, in a nice way. Achana tagare azabzege mibdeke. Our brothers, that's Achana tagare is the merchants. Uh, I think I did. I think I did. I definitely did. I'm sorry. Ve'amarava neshedish netziv amran rahit benafil amabera vezifta yaziv. Literally means rahit. He's running. Benafil and he falls. Where does he fall? Amabara on the bridge. Ve zufta and he borrows. Okay, what is this? This is a mashal over here. And the mefarshim say he was a busy uh, tradesman all his life, but recently fell on hard times. Now, as he crosses the, the the bridge from one world to the next, he has to borrow to pay for the tachlichin. Again, these are cases of people that lost their money. So the, the mashal over here is, Rahit Vinafil. The guy was running in his whole life. He's Rahit. That represents when he was prosperous. Vinafil. But he fell from his, you know, stature. Now he's got to cross the, the bridge to get from one world to the next. Zifutan. He has to borrow. He doesn't even have money to pay for his shrouds. Amran. He said, Ahana. Our brothers, the merchants, uh, nests will be searched. What is that referring to? They were basically saying uh, all of your business dealings are going to be searched, not by the IRS, but by the Bedin Shilmala, to make sure that you are acting honestly in your business. So therefore, all of the person's business dealings are going to be held, you know, uh, for him or against him uh, in a court. One death is like another. Suffering is the interest payment. <laughs> Which means, basically, everybody dies. Everybody has to return their neshama back to their creator. Uh, it's like the payment of a loan. You know, everybody who borrows money has to pay back. Only difference is the interest payment. You know, how much interest does he have to pay? Did he get a good loan or did he get an expensive loan? That's the difference. And that's uh, reflected over here in the pain of the death. You know, death, everybody, no, nobody, nobody gets, uh, survives that. Either that's mitat nishika or it's going to be a, 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 a painful. So that's the interest payment, kibyachol, that has to be, uh, that has to be paid on the loan. Okay. That's that. 
Let's go one more line, Rabotai. Tanya, Ayarabi Miyorobet, famous Pasuk in Kohelet. Better to go to a house of mourning than to go to Beta Mishteh, than to go to the to the wedding. Why? Because uh, the person will take it to heart. Now, what will he take to heart? The shall mita. Matters that are related to death. Now, what will he take to heart when he goes to the bit Avel? The following. The Yispad, Yispeduneh. We'll say, what goes around comes around. If one eulogizes others, he'll merit that they'll eulogize him. If one helps to bury the dead, it'll come around to him as well. He'll ponder this and say, what? If I do the chesed to the man over here, it'll come around, I'll bury him. If they carry the dead, so then he'll be carried as well. I don't know why uh, the Gemara over here uh, is going out of order, actually. Unless you say, I mean, they carry him and then they bury him. So why would, why would the Gemara say over here, and then it says, unless it's according to the old custom that they used to bury them first in one place and then reinter them and carry them to their uh, father's burial. So therefore it's following the order that they would bury them in one temporary place and then lift them out again to rebury them in a different place. Uh, that if one uh, literally raises himself for the dead, so therefore they will raise him, uh, they, the people will raise themselves for him. And what is that talking about? He raises his voice in eulogy, meaning he screams out. Another interpretation, one that does not raise himself, she does not have ga'ava, and humbles himself in order to take care of the, the dead, so therefore, ultimately, because he lowered himself, he will be raised. At the, at the time of uh, uh, the death, they will, um, you know, he doesn't act in a haughty way. He attends the, the, the funeral in a proper way, so in heaven, they will uh, lift him up. The Masha says uh, that this opinion does not speak to the matter of honoring the deceased. Maharsha just learns this is a general rule in life. Forget about Funerals. This is just the general rule of life. The lo yidal, somebody that's not arrogant, yidilune. The humble one, like we say, mashpil uh, geim. Uh, God takes the gear and puts them down. The opposite also is that the anav guy is uh, lifted. And as it says in the pasuk, tichtiv kitov amar lecha ale hena. What was this referring to over here? This pasuk over here is in uh, Mishle. Let's get the whole pasuk over here. Pasuk is Kitov Amar Lecha Ale Hine Mashpilecha Lefne Nadiv Asher Rau Enecha. The people uh, they said Kitov Amar Lecha Ale. It's a good thing for you to Ale Hine Mashpilecha Lefne Nadiv Asher Rau Enecha. Which means what? The passage reads: Do not glorify yourself in the presence of the king. Right? Do not stand in the place of the great. For it's better that it should be said to you, come up here, right? It's better that you're in a low place and the people have to say, come up. Then if you're in a high place, the people have to say, go down. So therefore you see, better again to be humble uh, and they have to go up. I once saw, uh, what's the connection when it says, Tovla lechet el bet evel bet 
you, you don't compare things unless they're similar. I mean, yeah, there must be some similarity, and therefore the Gemara said the Basuk is saying it's better to go to this than to go to that. It's like it's like, it's like I would say it's better to eat apples than oranges. Okay, they're both fruit. Now the question is which is the better fruit to eat? But I wouldn't say it's better to eat an apple than to uh, than to than, than, than to exercise. It's two different malchim. This is eating and this is exercising. It's two different two different items. So what do you mean? Tov la leket el bet evim leket el bet mishte. It sounds like they have a similarity, but if you have to choose between them, better to take the bet evim than the bet mishte. That's so beautiful explanation, because even if a person goes to a wedding and he thinks for a little, and he'll say to himself, "Why are people getting married? Why do people get married in the first place?" The only reason why they're getting married is because. The old timers are not going to live forever. So therefore, the young timers need to get married to bring children into the world to continue the, the creation. So the marriage will also bring a person to this realization that people are going to die. Remember, we learned about Rav Amenunah Sabah and Gemara Berachot. He used to sing at the weddings, Vailan de Mitnan. Whoa, we're going to die. Because that really, by the way, is, is the reason why we have to get married, to continue the generations to perpetuate because nobody lives forever. And that's why the Mikubalim write that under the chuppah, people are crying. It's a crying of the neshama that's coming to the realization that they're not going to live forever. The neshama senses it. But that's subtle. It's a subtle item. When a person goes to Beit Evel, it's obvious. Both places will remind him of his ephemeral nature. But the Gemara, the Pasuk is saying, it's better to go to Beit Evel because it's obvious. Not everybody's going to get that nuance at a Beit HaMishteh. Both will bring you to the same result. But it's better to go to the one where you won't miss it. Where it's possible the person can miss the point. Okay, the